Let's look at Friday, the last day of the week for fantasy. For week seven, there are 13 games on. We might need to stream individual categories to win the week. We'll look at point streamers as well. And we're going to hear from Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and do you like Come On Eileen? I mean the song. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen or first watch. Every day, we are free and available on all platforms, but I am going to charge you something today. If you are watching on YouTube, there is a cost, I'm sorry. You've got to hit subscribe because I want to hit 70K. So if you haven't hit it, Please, this is your charge, your entrance fee into the world of fantasy delights that I guess is this channel. Just hit subscribe. I just want to hit 70K. Please do it. All right. Anyway, we're here to talk about Friday's action. A daily look ahead. We've got 13 games on, but because it is the final day of the week, it is equivalent to a Sunday. We're doing categorical streams. We're doing individual streams. Yahoo points, ESPN points, the standard eight categories, um, plus four additional ones. We get a little bit of a bonus too. And that's all we're running with. Injury updates as well. And there's a lot of those that we've got to talk about. So yeah, let's uh, let's crack in now and just check where we're at. I don't have an official update yet on Jalen Duran, but let's be fair, he's not going to play. Um, so I have ruled him out for this game, although we'll talk more about interesting injury updates that didn't uh, that didn't go the way that we thought they would, even though they still might. Jalen Duran is, uh, again, we will assume out the Pistons lineup. Who knows, mate? Honestly, it could be anything. I do think what they will do is start Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart at center. They will bring Jaden Ivey in and push Bogdan to the four, Bogdan Boyan to the four. That is what I think they will do. But who knows, mate? Luca Garza, he just didn't even play for this team. He might just come back and jump in as their starter. They might start Malcolm Cazalon. I honestly got no idea. Wendell Carter and Michael Fultz remain out. You would have expected to see another Magic player there listed as out, and that's Jalen Suggs, but he's not. Apparently, he's questionable. No idea how. Absolutely no idea how he's questionable, but he is. So we're treating it that way. Uh, I think he's probably more on the doubtful side of questionable, but he is officially questionable. DeLon Wright is out for the Wizards. Jaden McDaniels is out for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then we did get the news, which is really important. Bam Bam Adebayo is out for the Heat. Tyler Hero is out for the Heat. Hayward Highsmith is out for the Heat. So, obviously... Josh Richardson, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Orlando Robinson, Jaime Jaquez. Did I say Caleb Martin? I'll say him again. All of these guys become options, especially Orlando. Becomes a guy that even with 13 games on, he is absolutely rosterable. I don't know when Bam returns, but he is rosterable. The problem we're going to have, and we're not chunking it up. We haven't chunked it up at all this week in terms of looking at chunks because it's been such a weird shit fantasy schedule, is we have 13 games Friday, zero Saturday, zero Sunday, 
And then we start again with 13 on Monday. Another non-streaming day. And then our next streaming day is Tuesday. And making moves now to try and plan for Tuesday, it's foolish. Like, we're not going to do it. So I'm not going to tell you, oh, you got your chunk. You can stream someone today. Then they play Tuesday. It's a little bit pointless, I think, to attack it that way. That's why I'm not going to focus on it, even though I just focused on it. Um, the Suns have got some injuries that are important. Bradley Beal remains out. He's getting closer. But Grayson Allen is out and Kevin Durant is out. That is a lot of opportunities. So that means that Eric Gordon would be a startable player. So Gordon will start. I'm imagining imagining a Kogi and Bates Diop will be the other starters next to Booker and Nurkic. With a 13-game day on, I'm not going to mention Bates Diop's name again on today's show because he's not going to be worth using in a lot of spots outside of deeper leagues, but that is going to be the scenario. Grant Williams is out again. Josh Green is out again in Dallas. So Derek Jones and Dante Exum will probably be the starters. It is hard to judge a lot about Dallas because they won by literally 50 points last game. So that's probably not going to be what's going to happen every night. So the rotations might be different. But having Grant out and having Josh Green out really does help that value there for Derek Jones push into maybe, maybe being usable. Again, it's all going to depend on your team and what categories you need. I do not have an update yet on Jeremy Grant, but I am just going to list him questionable with that concussion. Oh, I got a concussion as my voice breaks. Thanks. Shout out to Puberty. Um... I'm going to list Jez as doubtful for this one, but I don't know exactly. Mark Williams is officially questionable. When I created this graphic, he wasn't official, but he is officially questionable. Old mate Steve Clifford did say that he was leaning towards playing, so let's put him on the probable side of questionable, which of course would reduce the Big Dick Nick stream. Now, if Big Dick, well, the Big Dick stream sounds pretty rough. Um, if Williams is out, Richards would be an ad, and he would be a startable player, I would think, even for standard leagues you would be able to utilize that. And you can, those guys that you stream in for the in-season tournament today, your Toppins, your Neesmiths, your Beauchamps, God forbid, Hachimuras, Prince, Reddishes, those guys can be moved on from to add in a player like an Orlando Robinson or, or a, um, uh, a Nick Richards if it comes to that. Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Isaac are questionable. Again, no idea how Suggs is questionable, but he is. History of ankle injuries, injured it twice last game and still questionable. If he misses, Gaz Harris will start, but I'm not looking at him as a 12-teamer. It just boosts the value of Cole Anthony further, maybe a little bit there to Mr. Black, but we wouldn't be looking at those guys in majority of leagues. Gaz and, and Black would be guys we, we go for in the deeper formats. Landry Shamit is questionable. Well, I'm listening to him questionable. He missed last game for the Wizards, and that did help the Joneses and Pools. I don't know why you would ever sacrifice their minutes to play Landry Shamit, but that is the where's untailed experience. We also got Trey Young appearing on the injury report for an illness, so that just popped up. Obviously, if Young is out, that bumps Dejounte Murray usage up, assist rate up, all that stuff happens. But now that that would mean if Trey is out there missing two starters, they were already starting the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. What, they would have to start Bogdan Bogdanovich, whose minutes are already up, and they're going to have to push up even further. And that means that Garrison Matthews and Wes Matthews, because they can't go with Kobe Bufkin, so Gary and Wes are going to step up into larger bench roles, but that, again, is only going to be important in deeper leagues, I'm guessing. Karis Levert, I am currently listing as questionable. With him out, they just give all the minutes to Isaac Okoro. Cool. Doesn't really impact anything for us from fantasy. Big Jeff Green missed the last game for personal reasons. He was getting backup center minutes, not like they went with Jock Landau. So that doesn't really impact a huge amount there. Maybe it does give a slight boost to Tari's second season, but that's about it. 
Officially, Chris Duarte and Keegan Murray are questionable for the Kings. Duarte is questionable to be an NBA player, but he's also questionable to be available for this game. I don't... We're not using him, but Keegan's the interesting one because if Keegan does miss with this back, which is rooted, like it's in a real problem at the moment. It's not a long-term... It's not a Beal thing. He got hit on it. He, he fell on it. So it's a, an acute injury, which gives you a little bit more uh, confidence in healing versus a nebulous, eh, my back is spasming like Beals is. That, that's more of a problem, more of a structural issue that, that worries you. Um, if Murray misses, it does help Barnes. It does help Bezenkov to bump up, but we're not really caring massively about Sasha in that scenario. The Jazz Trio. I wish I had like a... I should have pre-prepared that, cause I didn't, but I was going to say it. A jazz, like a, uh, a freestyle... Um, Muddy Waters little lick. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what the, the fedora-wearing sax players say. Um, the jazz trio of Jordan Clarkson, Larry Markin, and Kelly Lick. What would their jazz trio name be? What could we call them? Um, I, gotta, I can't think of something funny off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, there's, there's got to be something. Please, there's got to be something with those guys. Anyway, they're all questionable. If Clarkson, Markin, and Linick are all out, we've seen what happens in the rotation. They get pumped, but we've seen Taylor Hendricks jump in. We've seen at sometimes times Oshay Abaji or Fontecchio, but it's just a whole big up in the air thing. I do think there are going to be some interesting rotation decisions made. I would say that guys like Olinick and even John Collins, but more so Olinick, are at real risk of losing rotation spots because of how shit they are and how shit the team is and the direction they need to go. I would also be worried about Clarkson having a role reduced at some point, but when you can reduce Sexton and Horton Tucker ahead of him, you'd probably go that direction. But that uncertainty around Clarko, Marco, and Callio. Oh, there we go. There's the trio. Uh, the O-Boys. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> the, the, those guys all being questionable puts like any value of streaming a Hendrix or um, a Yurt7, which no interest. I think Kessler's going to start. Or a Sexton or a Horton Tucker or a Baji or Fontecchio. We just really can't go that direction. I, I, if Alinek and Market and play, I don't think Yurt7 starts. I don't think he plays a single second. But we need to, uh, of course, find out about that. Let's look at the last page of injuries to pay attention to. DeAndre Ayton and Malcolm Brogdon, both... Well, Ayton missed last game with knee soreness. Brogdon left last game with knee soreness. We don't have an official update yet from the Blazers on their injuries, obviously, with Ayton. If Ayton is out and Grant out, as I expect, then Walker is the guy, and then it's Reith in deeper leagues. And if Brogdon misses... Well, Thibault gets a boost, and you would hope, you would hope that Scoot Henderson gets a boost, but who knows? I don't know what they're doing with him. He did play like 14 or 15 minutes straight to end the game, and at some point, he's got to get elevated back, but that's where we're at. Big news, Porzingis is probable, so he's going to return. It's going to impact your Al Horfords. Alex Crusoe is probable. Of course he is with his toe. Of course he is. Duncan Robinson's probable, and Tory Craig is probable, but you know, when you're probable, you're going to play. Today's episode is brought to you by... Price Picks. Price Picks is the easiest and the largest. Well, first of all, let's start with the largest, largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're also the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS. You don't have to worry about sharks coming and snatching at your wallets. It's just you versus player projections, not thousands of people, not spreadsheets, algorithms, lineup, salary caps. It's player projections. You do between two to six of them. They chuck a number up and you say more or less. I don't know how much more easy it could get. Ten and a half rebounds? Less. All right, cool. Four and a half assists, bang, we go more. Cool. Between two to six of those, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. 
Testing your skills on prize picks is a great way to play daily fantasy sports, a great way that you can turn your money into more money if you're able to hit on these um, individual player stat projections. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA and the first deposit match is up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Okay, let us um, let's look. I think that that is all the injuries. So let's get into streaming and let's start by looking at Yahoo Points League. So given a mix of roster percentages here, this is basically at the moment where things stand with injuries. The order in terms of how many fantasy points I think these guys are going to sp- score, but also just wanted to give a bit of a distribution of roster numbers so that you can look at it in different leagues. And Derek Lively heads the list here. Uh, I've got no, gone no one over 65% because they're just not going to be available in most formats. And, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to cater to eight-team leagues. It's just too hard to do here. Um, if you're in an eight-team league, by the way, and I've said this before, eight-team league, you just stream the shit out of your waiver wire because you're going to have 50, 60 guys that are going to be equivalent to your worst two players most likely. You can just stream through. That's how you win. Lively's at 55%. He really shouldn't be. He should be way higher. It has jumped up. In category leagues, is a clear must roster. And in points leagues, I really like what's happening at the moment. The next one is Orlando Robinson, 8% rostered. You can actually roster him anyway. And I talked about this with Kingy, I think, earlier this morning in the mailbag. So I think it was with Kingy we talked about it. But if I said if Bam is going to be out, Robinson's actually a guy you add and start on a 13-game day. And Bam is out. So Robinson, you add and start in whatever format. He is, he is usable. He is good. He is a top 80-ish fantasy prospect in starters role. He won't get that. He will probably get Yurt 7 back to third string when Bam returns. But he's good. Use him. Keontae George at 44% and Eric Gordon at 43 with Durant and Allen and Beal all out in Phoenix. There is going to be big opportunities for Eric Gordon. Love streaming him in. Keontae George is getting a lot of shots. They're not going in, but he's getting a lot of assists. He's getting a lot of shots. He's getting a lot of minutes. That's a great recipe usually for fantasy points production. You've got Malik Monk there who's available still in far too many spots. He should be rostered too in nearly everywhere. And then Caleb Martin, with all those absences in Miami, Hero, Bam, and Highsmith, uh, Martin's value in a points league. He's valuable for his shooting, and he's going to get opportunities to put up pretty strong numbers. So I do like that for old Caleb Martin. For points leagues in ESPN, it's a little bit different, not that much different. We look at Lively, Gordon, Monk as the top three guys there. And then Alex Caruso gets a bump because efficiency is an important part of that, and defensive numbers do get more. I believe defensive numbers, or steals get five points in ESPN versus getting three on Yahoo. So Caruso gets a bump there. You've got Keontae George and Orlando Robinson as your group of guys. So there's seven names that are worthwhile looking at in different sort of league sizes for your different points league formats that we can take a crack at. And really some options are going to suit everyone. Orlando Robinson's the guy who's widely available, who is going to be startable for, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to chuck him on the thumbnail to be fair, um, because I think there's just a lot of opportunity opening up there. Now we talk category leagues and what are we going to do in each of the major categories for the points category? Tim Hardaway is over 50% available. He will have rough nights. There's no doubt about that. And the process of this is frustrating. But this is why these guys are waiver wire type players. It's because Tim Hardaway can play 29 minutes and have 30 points, or he can have seven points on 13 shots. And we don't, this is, and again, aside, you want to get tangenty? That's why I don't like sleepers format. I don't like game lock or lock in or whatever, whichever one, game pick, lock in. I don't like it, right? Because picking an individual game when somebody goes off is actually not skill. It's not. It's luck. Sometimes you'll get improved role with minutes and you look into that, but 
what they actually do in a game, it's not skill. It's complete luck. And I don't like that extra element of luck when it doesn't even have any sort of um, correlation to how the NBA is played or how fantasy is played is a general rule. And their lack of flexibility kills me too. But picking which game someone goes off is impossible to do. We look for good situations or good processes. And that's what it is with Hardaway. But he is going to be inconsistent. Eric Gordon, also going to be in a great spot to put up points. But Eric Gordon can be inconsistent, shockingly. Brandon Miller's only... I'm shocked to see Brandon Miller 56% rostered. Yeah, his shooting numbers aren't great. But he's getting tons of minutes. And while the mellow ball is out, there is no roster that Brandon Miller shouldn't be on. That's not true. He should be rostered in every league. Every 10-teamer, every 12, points category should be rostered. Malik Monk, great scorer, good option. Norman Powell, minutes were up last game. Terrence Manns were down. Like Hardaway, Powell is relatively inconsistent. The difference with him and Hardaway is that Powell's role is more inconsistent. We sort of know Timmy's going to get 29 a night. Powell might play 32, he might play 21. And then there's shooting variance and usage variance in that as well, which makes it more frustrating. And the last one is Caleb Martin, who is going to get opportunities with no bam, no hero. Lowry's not a usage guy. Robinson's not a big usage guy. Yeah, Martin's not a huge one, but he's going to get shot up, shot opportunities, and that's really useful. A lot of these names do double up when we're looking to stream in threes. So if you're looking for points in threes, you can get the same guy. Timmy Hardaway, Eric Gordon, both there. And then we get to a couple of real specialists, Dunk Robinson and Sam Hauser. Hauser at 15%, and yes, Porzingis is back, but Hauser still gets his 21 minutes. He can still bang in five threes off the bench in 20 minutes. That's all he does. And Robinson is going to start, play 30-plus minutes, and be useful in a lot of areas. Malik Monk, good threes guy. And the other one is Corey Kispert, who's been getting like 24 a night. And when John Davis out, man, John Davis, what is going on with that guy's career? He's in real trouble. Um, Kispert is playing like 23, 24 a night. They can always be unselled. But if there are unselled, he's the guy that benefits. These bench guys who get 21, 22 don't often drop down to 10. It's the starters who get unselled. And then Kispert might push to 30. So there's baseline plus upside in Corey. Some really, really strong three-point stream options available for Friday. For rebounding, it is that same man in Dallas. Again, we're looking at Derek Lively Jr. He's available in a lot of spots. But then if you can't get him because your league's smart, you go and grab Orlando Robinson. Excellent stream option for rebounds. Now, Orlando Robinson's a two-way player. And by two-way, I don't mean he plays offense or defense. He's on a two-way contract. So he's not even a full NBA contract player. So while I am talking up Orlando Robinson, and I do love his ability in fantasy and his ability to generate stats, he is a two-way player and he could completely shit the bed. That is absolutely possible. This is what happens. with I really like Orlando, but he could do nothing. He could get 5,000, 12 minutes. But the opportunity is an elite, elite level for Orlando to, to perform. Oh, man. Isaiah Stewart. You know my thoughts on Isaiah Stewart. Not a 12-team rosterable guy, except when Jalen Duran is out, and that's what we're expecting, he will play more center, so his rebounds will go up, and his field goal percentage will go up, and that's what's going to happen. So if you need rebounds, Stewart is going to... Again, blackmail legend. He's got something over this entire organization. I don't know what it is. There's something going on. But he's going to get minutes. We know this. The safest minutes floor of all time for now. And with Duran out, it's even safer. So we look at him. Dayron Sharp and Andre Drummond. You might think, what am I bothering with these blokes for in a standard league? Well, if you just need rebounds, these guys might play 15 minutes and get 10. They are two of the best. I'd have to check this, but they've got two of the best um, rebound percentages 
in the entire NBA. I'm going to double. I am going to double check that actually, um, because it's it's interesting to look at. Let's have a look. Who does have the best? Let's say defensive rebounding percentage. Number one is Kevin Love. Hmm, interesting. Then it's Drummond at two. Jokic, Bassi, Yurt seven. Where's my man Dayron? Oh, there he is. Ninety-fifth uh, percentile defensive rebound percentage or percentile, and Dayron is ninety-ninth percentile in offensive rebound percentage a percentile, and Andre Drummond is a hundredth percentile. So there you go. Two of the best rebounders in the entire NBA. The other one there is the Dart Goga Badadze, who will start again for the Magic and be in a pretty strong spot to pull down rebounds. He doesn't do a huge amount else, but he's going to be there to do that, which is what you need. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Supply chain issues can affect many different industries, but medicine, honestly, can be a, it's obviously a life-saving thing at times. And with Jace Medical and the Jace case, they can give you this pack of five different antibiotics which can be used to treat a long line of bacterial infections and illnesses, including UTIs, urinary tract infections, upper respiratory tract infections, sinusitis, which is an upper respiratory tract infection, skin infection, STDs. It's all there to be done. Now, we can't be cavalier with our use of antibiotics. We're not just popping them for everything. You have a cold, don't touch them. But a lot of other things can be used. And that's why the board certified physicians at Jace Medical are available for you to discuss when you need them and what you need and for what situations. And having these at home, especially if you're in a remote scenario or there is a disaster type scenario occurring, having these on hand can be really useful. So it's never been more important to be prepared than today. And we're preparing fantasy all the time for things. And that's what Jace is here to do. Go to jacemedical.com, use the code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Okay. Um, what do we got now? Rebounds is done. It's assists, isn't it? That's the category we're looking at. So we've got to go to the speaker himself, Keynote George. Because while this man is, his advanced stats are putrid. I went and looked at him yesterday. They are absolutely disgusting. Um, I'm going to bring these up because well, I mean, I'm in an advanced stats mood. In terms of rookies and EPM, he is. Oh, he was actually one of the worst, but that has actually changed. They've updated that since yesterday. He is now still in the... He was at the first percentile, but he's actually moved up to being in the eighth percentile at a negative 4.9 with the worst estimated wins out of all rookies, first percentile. He's got an effective field goal percentage in the first percentile, but his assist rate is in the 94th percentile. So I still believe in, in Keontae, although part of my reason why NBA draft time, I was down on him, was like... Ooh, I don't know about inefficient guys like this. I don't know about this shot selection and shooting. And then I sort of came around a little bit and it looks it looks a little Baylor-y here, which is what he did at Baylor. Just bad, bad shot selection and bad shooting. So there is a chance that he is just a bad shooter. But at the moment, the assists are carrying and they're carrying pretty hard. And I've given my thoughts on Keontae many times. He's a great assist stream. Trey Jones is there as an assist stream as well. He is not at the moment getting more minutes despite a Jeremy Sohan benching, but he can get five or six assists coming off the bench. We know this. Malik Monk's a good sneaky source of assists, but if you want to go deep, the big fella, the wood slanger himself, lumberjack legend, Dennis Smith Jr. is getting a lot of minutes. 20 plus, I think in three straight. He generates assists. He generates steals. He blocks shots. NFL cornerback. He does so much stuff, Dennis. Really like his stream value here. Um, Killian Hayes is, he's Killian Hayes, but if there's one thing he can do, well, there's two things actually, he can get assists and he can bloody defend well. And as a starter, which he almost undoubtedly will be, 
There's so much in that. And I probably think he's useful enough to be a 12-team league guy as a general rule for now. And the other one there is Sterling Henderson, old Scooter, who, of course, is having some struggles himself. Not uh, not the best season from Scoot. I did tweet this out yesterday, talking about EPM and their numbers, and said, look, there was seven rookies who had... Seven, no, 10 rookies who had negative estimated wins. Look, having low estimated wins is bad, but having negative means you are actively taking wins away. And there were quite a few first-round picks who had negative, including Keontae, Jordan Hawkins, Dick, Kulabali, Strouder, Chris Murray, Kobe Brown, Anthony Black, Omax, Amen Thompson. All those guys are first-round players with negative estimated wins. Everyone thought Scoot would be that player. Some people actually thought Wembenyama would be, which, of course, is ridiculous. Um, but there you go. But Scoot's numbers aren't great. I think we're, we're all well aware of that. He could be better. But he has been somewhat of an okay assist player. That is the faintest of praise. But he is 88th percentile in assist percentage in the NBA. He's probably going to have a sizable role, at least 23, maybe 27 if Brogdon's out. And that's enough to at least use for assist. And I'm still giving him a level of grace in terms of holding and waiting for improvement. In terms of steal numbers, some of the same names here, but Alex Caruso leads the way. Great steals guy. Probably should be rostered until his toe falls off again. Killian Hayes is there, and we know the other guy, Matisse Leibel, 10%. If he does nothing else, and he doesn't, it's get steals. And they started him second half last game with Brogdon out, so you would have to assume that there is an opportunity for him to start once more and yeah, be useful for you. Pat Williams probably should be on a 12-team roster with Levine out. Jordy Goodwin, he's going to get... Now, Jordan Goodwin's a very interesting player. Probably not going to be a rotation guy when they're healthy, but they're not. Beal, Allen, Durant, all out. Goodwin's going to play 20 minutes. Might get three steals. Good option. And the last one is a guy that needs to be on a roster anyway, but isn't in a lot of spots, and that's the depressed penis himself. Sad sack legend, Sadiq Bay, 52% rostered, good enough steals guy, and contributes in other areas. If we're going to look at blocks, and we are, we're going to start with Derek Lively as the best source of blocks that's available. You could throw Nick Richards in there if we do hear that Mark Williams is out. Goga Badadze is a pretty solid source of blocks there also. I'm just checking if there's been any more injury reports actually here. Oh, Landry Shamet out. There you go. So that one got listed. Um, well, they listed Daniel Gafford as questionable. Oh, locker room legend. Anyway, that just got dropped. Um, Biombo, a good blocks guy as well with the weird reduction in Xavier Tillman's minutes. Derek Jones, good out-of-position shot blocker and is going to get a lot of minutes. Al Horford can still block shots, even though his role will be reduced. And Pat Williams, again, is a good shot blocker for his position, even if he struggles at a lot of the other basics. Field goal percentage, we're starting with Lively once more. But there is Daniel Tice, who was really good last game and played 20 minutes, good option for field goal percentage. Drew Eubanks, Mo Wagner, who's been elite at efficiency this season. Marvin Bagley, that's iffy. He played zero minutes last game, but I don't know how... It's like the Tom Bryant thing. How many times do you have to watch James Wiseman to go, yeah, nah, like it's not going to happen. Like it's not not real. Do they go back to Bagley? Does Bagley start? Does Bagley play behind Stewart? Or do they go to whatever this nonsense is with Wiseman? I don't know. I am putting Bagley on this list with a very, very low level of conviction. And the other one is Andre Drummond, who has turned toned down some of his offensive nonsense from earlier in his career, and he is a solid enough field goal guy. For free throws, we go Malik Monk and DeAndre Hunter as two really, really strong options there. They're probably only for shallow leagues, but then the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. as I almost die. Barnesy is a, a guy that's on wires, absolutely rightfully so. But if you are looking for a free throw boost, he can do it. 
Then you've got Josh Richardson and Duncan Robinson, both of whose roles are going to be increased significantly with all those absences in Miami. And then the Italian cock shows up. Danilo Gallinari, do they start him at center? Or do they start Kuzma at center again if Gafford is out? Gallinari is getting a lot of backup run. He is an elite 90% free throw type of player. And just give a couple of extra... He can't play 28. He can't do it. But give him to 23. Two of two, three of three, four of four from the line. He used to be an elite uh, grifter of free throws as well. Let's go to some um, some other categories just to round this show out. I forgot to bloody drop the bottom two off on that graph. Apologies for that. Three-point percentage. If you're looking to have, uh, bump that category, slamming Sammy Houses is the guy we look at. Assisted turnovers, Dennis Smith. Offensive rebounds, Derek Lively. If he is gone, it's Orlando Robinson. And the last one is free throws made, Keontae George. Probably the guy we want to take a look at there as an option in that category. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast. Again, no one who has ever listened to a podcast has um, told me if they're listening without subscribing. If you are listening to this and you're not subscribed, tell me. How are you finding it? How are you doing that? But in, on YouTube, you know what to do. Operation 70K. It's like Operation Dumbo Drop, but cooler. Hit the sub. Let's hit 70. Thumbs up, comments, all that stuff. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.